Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Acts chapter 1. How many know what today is on the church calendar? Anybody know what today is? What is it? Pentecost Sunday. What does that mean? Pentecost Sunday. Well, uh, what, I'm, I'm going to show you this connection of our 40-day series we've been preaching and learning and Pentecost Sunday. What in the world do those two things have to do? What are we learning about 40 days? There will be seasons in the life of every believer where God gives you an opportunity to pass a test. Did you get my verbiage? An opportunity. It's not a season when God just wants to see how much abuse you can take. Everybody with me? It's an opportunity to pass a test. And so... uh, 40 days, there were many 40-day periods in Scripture where that was going on. For you and I, it may not be an exact 40-day time, but you know when you're facing that challenge. You know when your faith is being proven true or authentic. That's that 40 days. And so, so we, we uh, just read here, uh, so we're going to connect. What does that 40 days have to do with Pentecost Sunday? Let's go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. And, and, and let's look at this 40-day concept and watch it connect to Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Acts 1.1, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about, I have, I don't, I have a really corny joke. I'm not going to tell it right now. I don't have time. All right. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. So after the resurrection, Jesus appeared for a period of time, convincing proofs. He ate with his disciples. He taught them. He walked with them. He restored them that had strayed. And, how, and look, we, we look at this. He appeared to them, how long? Over a period of what? 40 days. And spoke about the kingdom of God. So for 40 days after the resurrection, that was our first 40-day lesson, was an opportunity for the disciples. I want you to get this. Usually this 40 days is a, is a test or a proof of our faith, but it always accompanies, I want you to get this, a transition from one season to the next. If I do not understand my 40-day season and that God is authenticating my faith, not for his knowledge but for mine, I'm really not prepared for the next thing God has planned for me. How many of you want to be ready for the next thing God has planned for you? Let me see your hand. How many think God's plans for you may be better than you know? How many of you believe God's plans for you are better than your plans for yourself? So, so it was a transition would they transition from him physically being there to what he was bringing them to? So there's the 40 days. So what was that leading to? Let's keep reading verse 4. On one occasion during this 40 days, okay, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Not a suggestion. This was a command. In fact, this may be the last command Jesus gave before he ascended back to heaven. All right? What was it? Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. This is a command. Now, he had told them, what are they to do? Go to all the world and preach the gospel? Make disciples of everyone? Then he says, but before you do that, you wait in this city. You wait here. Why? For a promise. Verse 5. 
For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They kept wanting a physical, earthly restoration. Jesus, are you the one that's going to overthrow Rome, who controls us now? Is that what this means? Hey, you've been raised from the dead. Are we about to get a new earthly government? That was their question. Okay, verse 7. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father is set by his own authority. So he said, quit worrying about dates and times. What's our concern? Look at verse 8. But you will receive what? How many need spiritual power in your life? How many, how many need more than what you have? Did you come to Christ and realize he had something you didn't have? Something greater than willpower? Something greater than human wisdom? So he says, here's the deal, guys. Here's why you need to wait for the promise. You'll receive power when? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And what's the result of that? You will be my witnesses. Church family, the power of the Holy Spirit is to enable the church, ordinary human beings like you and I, who've been born again and accepted Christ. Everybody with me? But we are not just people who go to church on Sunday, and that's the difference between us and everyone else. Everybody with me? The difference is not just what we do on a Sunday. The difference is that when we've accepted Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, I want you, we, we don't read this for exactly what he says. He says, when that happens, you will be what? My, my witnesses. Your life, stick with me right here, don't have a lot of time, should become a reminder, a reenactment, a representation a witness of Jesus and who he is and what he did while he walked on this earth for those 33 years, particularly that ministry. So see, you're my witness. We're a witness of him when the Holy Spirit comes on us. He says, so, so you need this enablement. Don't, don't leave the city. Don't go begin to try to represent me. Are you with me? Until you have the power to enable you to do that. Why do, I want you, there's so many ways to illustrate this. Why in the world? Would we have uh, a residential drug and alcohol, not recovery, but restoration ministry as a part of this church if we didn't believe what I just read? Why would we have the audacity to offer an opportunity to ladies and men and tell them this has the opportunity to change your life, deliver you from drugs? What would... What would cause us to be so crazy to do that if we were going to do it in our own ability we find that most of the ladies that come in our program the average woman who comes in to this recovery ministry has been through six rehabilitation before they get to us the average we have them in double digits and it's failed every time so what would make us think on our limited budgets with our limited resources Compared to insurance funded $30,000 a week programs, government funded with unlimited resources, whose success rate is 10%, what would cause us to think that we could do something about that? Because we believe what we just read. 
that when the Holy Spirit comes on your life, you receive the power of God that elevates you beyond your willpower, your ability, your strength. Are you with me? And allows a transformation in your life that is so powerful and dramatic and lasting and real that people look and say, that must be Jesus. Okay? So he says there is an anointing, a power that is available that is not optional if you're going to be the church. So he said, you wait. So let's go to chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, see, they, they've been praying now. There were 40 days. During that 40 days, he said, I'm going to go back to heaven. You need to pray. So on the 40th day, he ascends to heaven. They begin to pray. Ten days later, someone say 10 days. Ten days later, here we are. Chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, the day of Pentecost, it was a defined day, okay? They were all together. What were they doing? In one place. Verse 2. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on whom? Each of them. Look at verse 4. How many were included? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. As a result of that, what happened? They began to speak in other tongues. How did they speak in other tongues? As the Spirit enabled them. Now we read about because of this feast, there were Jews that had pilgrimaged to Jerusalem from around the world. And in that divinely created moment, God did this. Now, so, so today, let, let me in, let you understand something. What's the value? So we see this 40-day period of transition of authenticating their faith would they continue to believe and trust and follow and, and, and as those that did were given a promise because of the authenticating the proving the testing of their faith that 40 days positioned them for the promise that would affect the rest of their life what we do during this 40 day time in our life when we're walking through a tough moment we're being tested our faith is being proven there's always a purpose for that it, it is a positioning and a timing for God to take you into your next season. So what happened on this Acts chapter 2 I just read. That's called the day of Pentecost. You read it in scripture. Do you know what this day is? The birthday of the church. That's the day the church began. You just read part of your family history. I didn't have to swab your cheek. Send off a DNA sample. Do your tree. Call the whatever. And work it out. You just read about the birth of your spiritual family. Come on somebody say amen to that. That's where mama and daddy and grandma and grandpa and uncle and aunt, right there. It began in an upper room, a prayer meeting with 120 people who had done what Jesus told them to do. And universally, every denomination, every stripe of Christianity says that's the origin. That's why we celebrate today. It's the birthday of the church. It's the day the church began. Think about this power. Think about what God did. Do you realize that on the day the church began, there were only 120 people on the whole planet that knew who Jesus was, who believed it and were there? Think of it. The church began, are you ready, in one room, in one city, with one race of people, 120. 2,000 years later, on this planet, there are 2.2 billion people. Christians on planet earth on every continent they speak every tongue we are every race ethnicity and group the sun never sets on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the last 100 years 
The, the church on planet earth, listen to me, has quadrupled. There have been more people saved in the last hundred years than the first 1900 years combined. Anybody excited about that? Let me tell you the rest of the story. There have been more martyrs, Christians killed, because they were a Christian in the last hundred years than any other time. Do you know that although the church has quadrupled in the last hundred years, including Catholic and Protestants in that 2.1 billion considered Christian, listen to me, but although the church has quadrupled and it's much to celebrate, it's a phenomenal thing that God is doing. The only place on the planet that the church is growing nationally, that means there are more people being born again than the birth rate, you got me, that we're gaining ground, is in the southern hemisphere, not in America, not in Europe, not in the place that the church was birthed in this nation. Are you listening to me today? America is no longer leading the growth of the church worldwide. I say today, it's time for an awakening in this country. I say today it's time for the church to authenticate their faith and walk through the test and come out ready because what, what, what I have so much information to show you and, and, and so much that I want to uh, tell you today is that we, what we're seeing now I believe is an opportunity there. Here we are. Some people are discouraged. Going, Stay with me, guys. We need to look at ourselves individually and collectively. Right now, people are saying that the American culture is sliding away from the church. It is. But here's what we need to know. I believe with all my heart that what our issue is, is that, and you've heard me say it before, culture, media, uh, 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 is, is doing a great job of telling a lie. And the church is not doing a good job of telling the truth. But we are living in a culture, listen to me, that is more fragmented, dysfunctional, hurting, lonely. Do you know, listen, you just, we, we got to get this. I want to help us, but we, we, we need to know what's going on and we need to know what God promised. Do you know that for the first time, the, the, the whole, the whole, culture, the entire uh, system in this nation is radically changing faster than ever before. Uh, Right now, for the first time since World War II, in the last two years, the the population growth in America, pardon me, lifespan has flattened and gone back. With all of our medical accomplishments, we, we, we saw lifespan climb, 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 climb. Life gets longer, longer, longer. But in the last two years, that, that life expectancy has leveled and dropped. Why? What's happened? Is medicine bad? Has it gone wrong? No, they, they, are, they are saying it's directly related to two things. It's shocking to think that where we are, this, these two things are so rampant that we are actually, lifespan is shortening two things. Suicide. An opioid overdose. The lifespan of America, more medicine than we've ever had, more technology than we have ever had, better doctors, better hospitals, better resources, better living conditions, cleaner water. Are you with me? And with all the things we have that cause us to live longer, this society is so empty that we are killing ourselves 
and overdosing ourselves at such a degree that here in North Alabama, the ambulance services in Madison County are desperate because they say they are so backed up with calls for overdose, they are not having available resources of ambulances to take other people to the hospital. I'm telling you today, That America has never needed a solution named Jesus like it is today. I'm telling you today, I'm more proud to preach his name and convey who he is and offer him to this world than I have ever been in my life. We are not intimidated. We are not frightened. We are not backed up because culture has told a lie. I'm excited about the church telling the truth, but it will not be by might or power. It will be by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Church family, if we can walk through the challenge, you know what I believe is happening in America today? The faith of the church is being tested. Are you with me? The authenticity of your heart is walking through approving. But I am here to tell you today, teenagers, young adults, single adults, college students, parents, mom, dad, seniors, if you and I can walk through this season of crazy political correctness and divisiveness and ugliness and keep our faith in Jesus Christ and love and be kind and walk through the power of God, I believe that we're going to pass a test. I believe we're going to come out shining like gold. I believe there's an anointing of the Holy Spirit that God's going to pour out on His church that we have never seen the likes of. What other answer is there? See, and and here's our problem. Because we're debating and arguing and and all this foolishness. You know, my dad told me a long time ago. Dad dad said, son, if you get down in the pig pen and fight with a pig in five minutes, they can't tell you from the pig. Every once in a while, you got to know when to go in and when to stay out. And, and, And so we're arguing and debating God and Jesus and the church and his power. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. It's hard to argue with a man who's had an experience. What do you mean? In other words, when you've been healed of cancer, you can't tell that man healing doesn't happen today. When you've been delivered from drug addiction after 15 rehab failures, you can't tell that person Jesus isn't real. You see, uh, here's, here's what we need to do. Reinhard Bonnke says this, and I love this. You know, He's only the guy that's led about 20 million people to Jesus. I'm not exaggerating. He's only the guy that in his crusades in Africa, there have been over a million people attend one service. Come on. You you might ought to listen to people like that. Huh? He said, listen, you don't have to defend the lion. You don't have to define the lion. You don't have to determine the lion. Just let the lion go and he'll take care of himself. I'm tired of defining the church. Defending the church, explaining the church, apologizing for the church. I'm saying to us today, on the birthday of the church that was birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to pass the test of our faith so that God can release the power of the Holy Spirit on us today. Anybody with me in this building today? See, see, watch what happens. Here's this 40 days of testing. And Jesus said, said to them, He said, you know what? He said, now, I'm going, but you start praying. You start praying. And there's a promise that's going to come. Nobody knew what the promise was. I mean, he told them it was the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what that was going to be like. I think what had happened, they were pretty clear, this was it. Okay. Because Peter stands up and says, people are saying, what are you guys doing? 
What are you praying in tongues? And what's all this going on? He said in Acts 2, this is that. <laughs> this is that. Which, which Joel promised. And now listen to me. Watch this. I want to help you individually, collectively, for the church. Listen to me. If you and I can walk through the proving and authenticating of our faith, if we can prove genuine walking where we are right now, listen to me. There will all, let me say it this way. In your life individually and in, in the life of this church collectively, there's a purpose for us. There's a purpose for you. I want you to say, God has a purpose for me. You believe God has a purpose for you? Listen, listen, listen to me. In the plan of God, let me cut to the end of this thing. In the plan of God, he has a purpose for you, listen, that will require a testing time to be followed by an outpouring time in your life. If you'll pass the proving, you're going to receive an outpouring. Are you with me? If you and I go through the authentication We're going to have an anointing. Here's the deal. He told the disciples after the 40 days, test was passed. He said, okay, I got a promise for you now. You pass this test, I got a promise. Go pray. Why did they stay and pray? Listen to me. You won't pray for 10 days if you don't believe that something's going to happen. Why did they pray for 10 days? Because they believed Jesus. But before he could give them a promise, they had to prove their faith. Church, you know what? You and I, starting with George Sawyer, pastor of Calvary, I need a new anointing on my life to pastor this church. I need a fresh anointing to get up tomorrow and be a husband. I need a fresh anointing to be a grandfather and a father. I need a fresh anointing to lead this church. See, this culture tells me that, that you know, everything wrong about what it means to be a godly man. So I need God's power in me to make me a godly man. Anybody with me on this thing? And and so what I'm saying is this. God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. Listen, I I don't care if you're 98 years old right now. Are you breathing? God has a purpose for you. You say, well, I've been... Listen, I want to help you. Let me help you with something. There are no retirement plans in the kingdom of God. Well, I'm going to let the young people do it now. Ooh. Can I tell you something? I just got to be frank. You read in Scripture, if God puts a mantle on you and you take that mantle off and give it to somebody before it's time, God may just take you on. You may shorten your life by walking out from under your calling. If you say, I'm done before he's done, he said, okay, you call it done, come on. Huh? I'm being honest with you. Read Scripture. You, you want to go on the next train? Listen, I, how many want to go to heaven? Tell, tell me the truth. I'm ready to go. I prefer to wait a little longer. But I'm ready to go. Anybody else ready to go? Well, I, I don't know if, you know, if, if, my, if, I'm, if I'm going today, it's good. You know, they're, they're, you know, there's some guy. We got some in our church like this, but I love them. They're all right. You know, these guys, they, they played golf every day, four, you know, every day, all day long, play golf. So these four guys are sitting there, and, and uh, you, you know, and, and, and so the angel walks up, and uh, he said, hey, I came to bring you a message. And, and the guy says, awesome. He said, could I ask you something? And the angel, and the angel said, yeah, ask me something. He says, uh, is there golf in heaven? And, and the angel said, I got good news for you. There, there is golf in heaven. He said, hallelujah. He said, well, what else do you want to tell me? He said, you have a tea time at 3 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> so I don't know when I'm going, but I'm going. But until I go, I want to carry my mantle. Huh? I, I, I want to fulfill my purpose. 
And to fulfill my purpose, this is what Scripture tells us. This is how the church was born. Are you listening to me? Why would we change what God initiated? Why would the church be birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit and we think we could do it better today than He could? Why would we think that, that buildings and sound systems and lights and, and, and media and all the accoutrements we have today to work with, why would we think that any of that could take the place of the power of the Holy Spirit? But instead of fighting the technology, what if we took all the technology that we have and present it to God and say, God, how do you want to use it? How do you want to use us? What do you want to do? God, can I tell you something today? If you and I believe that promise is for us and God has a purpose and we'll pray till we receive it. See, you don't pray for something you don't believe. You don't go wait 10 days if you didn't believe the promise. Do you know, but he didn't give them the promise at the beginning of the 40 days. He gave it at the end of the 40 days. He authenticated their faith. He said, now I'm going to give you a promise. And if you'll obey me and trust me, I'm going to give you a, a blessing you've never known. Guys, I want to challenge you today. My time's up. And come on, stand. Don't leave. Stand. All right, code stand is not code to leave. Stand. Come on, stand, stand. I told you I'd hurry. It, it, it pains me to do this. But I have Wednesday Night Insiders Club. Hallelujah. All right. Now listen, listen, listen. Guys, listen to me. What do we take away from today? Let's get this clear. What do we take away? Today's the birthday of the church. Today we look at our roots, and our roots tell us we were birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? That hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. If we begin to rely on anything other than the Holy Spirit, individually we're in trouble, collectively we're in trouble. If we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, there's not one thing too great for us to do. How many heard what I just said? But what we have to begin to ask ask ourselves, listen to me, do we believe God enough to pray, to seek Him, to go after Him until we receive everything we read in that book? I believe the church in America has an opportunity that's unprecedented. But it's not going to happen with our ingenuity, our good ideas, and all those other things. See, what's going to happen is when we believe his promise deeply enough that we'll begin to pray until we take hold of it. I want to challenge you today. Where, where are you in your walk with the Holy Spirit today? How often do you wake up and say, God, today, I, I, I don't want to walk out of this house until I know you're with me. Are, are, are you with me? I'm not preaching to preachers. I'm talking about to the church right now. See, if, if, if we read here that we can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, let, let me help you today. That experience that we just read about, listen, church family, every Christian can have that same experience. Do you know those areas of the world I said that are the only areas where the church is growing nationally? I know where they are. I've been there. Some of you have been with me. It's in South America. It's in southern continent of Africa. It's in areas of Asia. And let me tell you, here's the thing. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. And those areas on this planet where the church is growing like the book of Acts, do you know why? The church there is almost entirely Pentecostal. What makes you Pentecostal? Well, there's been some excesses. There's been some things done in Pentecostal churches that we've heard about, people have laughed about, people rolling on the floor and swinging from the chandeliers. I've never seen any of that, but I guess it happens somewhere sometime. 
I've heard about some things that are excessive emotionally. Listen to me. I've heard about some extremes on one end. But I, I know some extremes on the other end. Where we call ourselves a church, we wouldn't allow the Holy Spirit to move no matter what. That's an extremism. It's extreme to deny that the Holy Spirit's the same Holy Spirit we read about in this Bible. It's extremism to say that God's not who He says He is. It's extremism to say there are no more miracles, that, there, that, that there's no power of God. That's extreme. And because there's one extreme doesn't mean we need another extreme. What we need is a hunger that says, Oh God, you've given me a promise that your Holy Spirit can change my life. Those habits that I don't want anyone to know about, you can change those and set me free. Those wounded places where life has kicked me in the teeth, you can heal me, Jesus. Those things that have me bound, those addictions, those fears. When we sing in here, chains fall. Healing come. Freedom. Those are just words and songs. They're biblical declarations. But without the power of the Holy Spirit, listen, those are either declarations or frustrations. Why did they pray 10 days? They believed the promise. They passed the test. They said, Jesus, we're in. Jesus, we're in. Guys, I want you to know something about your pastor and everyone that stood on this platform today. We've all been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We speak in other tongues. I've prayed in tongues every day for 45 years. Just because I pray in tongues and you don't pray in tongues doesn't make me more spiritually. You can't compare two people's spirituality. Are you listening to me? Because I'm, I, I, I'm trying to hurry, but I got I, I to... Listen, I've met people that, that they say they speak in tongues. Jeez. And they're meaner than the doggone devil. I don't understand it. I'm just telling the truth. They had the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to help them, but they just didn't take the opportunity, if you understand what I'm saying. But don't miss it, because everything God does, listen to me, is by His grace. So if you're speaking tongues, you've received something from God, but you didn't earn it, it was a gift. And sometimes people don't know how to take care of their gifts. You ever have children, you give them something good, and they don't know take care of it? Now listen to me. I can't compare my spirituality to yours or yours and somebody else that speaks in tongues and doesn't speak in tongues. Here's the deal. Not am I a better Christian than you or you a better Christian than me. The only thing that I can worry about is am I a better Christian? I can tell you being baptized in the Holy Spirit, that experience, that birth to church that's still available today has transformed my life. When I stand here and before I come, when, when the Holy Spirit guides me and leads me, when I hear things, when miracles happen, I can tell you, I don't have enough power to heal a mosquito. Our pastors can't raise an ant from the dead. We can't deliver anybody from drugs and alcohol. But I simply believe that this same God is the same God today. And I want to encourage you today, if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and begun to pray in other tongues. Pastor, what's the tongues? Oh, the Corinthians tell us that when we're praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit's praying through us. 
Have you ever been in a place you didn't know what to pray for, you didn't know what to say? You know what that is? The Bible says you're speaking to God. And the Holy Spirit's helping you pray the will of God. What a blessing. There's nothing spooky or unusual about it. This is the normal for his church. So a pastor haven't had that happen. That's fine. Ask for it. Ask for it. I want to whet your appetite today. Begin to say, Jesus, I want to be your witness. I want to be an answer for this, this world we're in. I, I don't have it myself. I, Phyllis, I love you with all my heart. Honey, I would die for you. I, I, I would give you any, I'd do anything for you. But I shudder to think how I could be the right kind of husband unless the Holy Spirit helps me. Because left to myself, I'm a carnal man. I want George's way. I will put me first. You with me? Honey, I, I love you, but I can't love you the way I need to unless the Holy Spirit helps me. So my pledge to you as your husband is I'm not going to try to love you in my ability. It wouldn't be enough. But I don't want to love you as the Holy Spirit helps me love you. You deserve that for me. I can't pastor this church. Guys, I can't be what you need me to be. I'm not that smart. I don't know that much. I can't be what you need. I'll never be what you need. I'll miss it. I'll fall short. If the Holy Spirit doesn't help me, I wake up every day desperate. God, fill me with your spirit today. God, Oh, I pray in tongues, but I'm not just praying for tongues. I'm praying for God. Tongues is important to me because it helps me pray. But tongues isn't my goal. Tongues is just a vehicle helping me get to my goal. Pastor, what would you say? I would say to every one of you I love in this room, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's a gift waiting for you. And I would say to you, if you believe Jesus and you believe that word, what do you do? Man, you pray. <laughs> if you believe, you pray. Pray to you receive. Pray to you receive. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.